you try to make the planet a better place. I don't have kids. I'm not going to tell anybody how to raise their kids. It's not my job to tell them. I just want to make sure that all the kids in the future have a better financial opportunity because the government is very inefficient. They are pulling money from the future and dumping it on all of the future generations. My application shoves money into the future. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Carried Away. I am your host, Carrie Murray, founder of The Bra Network, and with me today is Jessica Dawson. Ooh, very, very cool topic today because it's one of my favorites. It has to do with money. She is the founder of The 55th Degree, which is a revolutionary way uh, for everyday people to interact with technology by de- developing innovative mobile and web-based solutions. One of those solutions is this fabulous new app you all need to download called Fisk Mobile Tipping. We're going to dive deep into what this does. It is the first of its kind to put tips to work in a really, really impactful way. That's right. People who work in kind of the tipping economy don't typically see themselves as investors, but this app is set to change all of that, to change lives, to change how we approach money, how we deal with money, and how money can be working with us while we're asleep. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you. It's nice to see you. You too, you too. Really quick, before we get into the app and everything, I'm dying to know, have you always been into finance? Is this something you were, you did as a kid? Where did the love of finance come from? My father was, you know, pushed me to go into finance uh, in real estate. So I went to the University of Florida and studied real estate and urban analysis, which had a heavy influence in finance and economics. And I fell in love with it. When I graduated college, I was not... I guess, the best speaker or salesperson. So I went on to Home Depot where I learned to overcome that because you got to solve problems to customers every day. We, <laughs> yeah, and some cranky ones too. They don't yes. have air conditioning or something. <laughs> I, I was one of the only associates or uh, department supervisors and, and the management team that would push the younger generation to go ahead and sign up for the 401k and follow their journey along. Every paycheck, I'd go, hey, how much you got? And they would be so excited to tell me that they had $1,000 in a few months. And I'm like, would you have ever saved that on your own? And they're like, no, I want to thank you. So that's kind of what is and why Fisk is what it is. I love that. You know, and I worked in, I waited tables. I, you know, in all through college. And I remember most cash tips, we just had to write in what we had to claim. They were just like, I could have written in anything. Not one manager, not one supervisor, not anyone ever said to me, Hey, you should save a little of this money. You could, you should put this in a 401k. Never came across anyone's mouth. I don't even know if they had a 401k, to be honest. So I'd be curious to know how much that is worth now. If you've been giving these people that advice then. It would be scary. $10 a day at 10% rate of return for 40 years is two, over $2 million. Ooh. And a lot of people, they do see, they want to keep their cash tips. Well, if you don't claim something, through the government, when you go to get a loan, they'll go, well, you don't make enough money. And you're like, yeah, I do. Well, that means you have to claim your money and it, that. It and to use the system. What do you think, what helped you kind of come up with this idea? Was it, I know you also have a partner in this. How did this baby get birthed? I'm dying to know where you came up with this idea because it's revolutionary. I've never heard of it. And it seems so, so basic and smart. I was working at Home Depot in the paint department. I love mixing paint. 
And I had a presentation or a pitch that I would give to every customer that came up. It was the same pitch. And I was explaining to a contractor before my uh, backup came in. So it was just me. I told him how to put the, his order into our computer system under, if he could put all the colors under 29 Smith street for this particular customer. Now, if he came back in the store and the kids had damaged a drywall, they go, well, we need this repaired. He could come right back in, go to 29 Smith street, pull up the colors and go paint, make them happy. He goes around to the front of the counter. I'm mixing his other paint. And he hears me say the same thing to somebody else. And he goes, I've been shopping here for three years. Why is there something coming out of your mouth? I've never heard out of another associate's mouth. And I said, you ran into a 25 year vet. I care about my customers because if you go out and you are making more money, you're going to make a bigger bonus at work. I step, I knew right there, he wanted to give me a tip, but it's against corporate policy to give cash tips. But when I stepped back a few feet, the light bulb went off and that's how Fisk was created. Right then and there, I knew if I could create an application where you could take a tip and it was different to where it had to stay in an investment account or partial, it's not a tip. It's We have legal definitions that a FISC is not a tip because it's going to in a future investment account. Is that, is that what FISC is? Tell us what FISC means. FISC, believe it or not, it start, my co-founder named it Little Fish because it was named after somebody, you know, a smaller person making it for all the other smaller people. And what happens when you can use it in traditional areas or non-traditional areas of tipping. And the way I can explain it, if you want got great customer service at Home Depot and you wanted to give somebody some money, you could do this application. But they could do that with any other peer-to-peer payment platform. What makes us different? And that's the split. When the person is receiving the money, it goes through a split. Our smallest split right now is going to be a 95.5. So from easy math, let's say I was tipping you $100. $95 would end up on your virtual debit card on your phone for point of sale use with Apple Pay and Google Pay. The other $5 or 5% ends up in the investment account of your choosing that you link up to our application. If it's a Charles Schwab Roth IRA, an Edward Jones investment account, you could hook Robinhood up to it. I'm going to try to make it to where if you have a life insurance policy, you can direct deposit it into that life insurance policy. We want to be able to give people options. We don't want to be able to stick them into it's something that they're locked into. And that's basically how the application creates a financial safety net, especially the younger people who have never had any, none of us had any financial training in high school. You get out there and you're left on your own. And you go, oh, I'll always say, I'll save money in the future. No, that's where our country is having a problem right now. They're taking money out of everyone's pocket to pay for those people who did not save. So in order to solve that problem, Fisk addresses it, start soon, little 5% increments. You can adjust that up and really start to get in the compound interest going. It's a different, it's another revenue stream. They might have a 401k at their job, but this one you could have multiple jobs and hmm. you could take wherever you want to go and they're still able to tip you. So I've had friends so, that worked in the retail industry and at mm-hmm. a bar atmosphere and you could get tips at either place. Yeah. I mean, I could be driving Uber, delivering Postmates, but also waiting tables and each of them could be contri- all tipping, all in a tip economy into this kind of egg that you've created, this kind of nest egg for Typical industries, like I was in the nail salon yesterday and I was, you know, thinking, oh, I'm going to tip her. 
And I was like, this woman probably has never thought, oh, I could invest this. Here she is, maybe 22, young, just turning out nails all day. So I'm curious of when you came up with the idea, how from like idea to app, what was that kind of like road like? How many times did you fall down and have to pick yourself back up? It has been an, a, a pain for a road of, it's not misery, it's getting hit and then getting right back up and shaking it off and continuing to go forward. Last year, or in, I guess it was 12-3 of 21 is when I came up with the idea. It took me less than a month to get my co-founder to quit all three of her jobs She's, she has her legal degree and to come to work for me on a startup. We were working on it in the very, at five o'clock in the morning on January 1. Our first investor came in by the end of the month. And then we went on a tear and we were, we had 10 people in a row cutting checks. And then my mom had a stroke. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about balance in life, stuff yeah. outside of sex, inside of work. And we've had a series of things where I had to, we had to close our office down in Dunedin, Florida and move it back into our mobile at my house and my co-founders in Savannah, Georgia. So Mm -hmm. then my dad passed away in January. So it's, it's now I'm trying to clean up their house. I've got a startup and I'm doing a lot of different things and I can't focus only on my company. I've got to help take care of my mom, who's in this still an assisted living facility. My co-founder is blown away about how headstrong I am because my dad went, we had his funeral. Two days later, I'm back in the office just, I mean, going 100 miles an hour. I don't stop. I follow very disciplined. I get up at four o'clock in the morning, go for an hour walk, listening to an audible book at 1.5 speed, come home, eat breakfast, and then read for another hour in a hardback book. And then I get ready for the day, plan the day and follow that and try to execute everything I can. You can't get 20 tasks done. You, it's not possible. But I have, uh, since I'm a life coach, I do, I try to plan my day and then I try to go to bed at nine o'clock every night. Wow. That is disciplined. What's something that disrupts that day? Probably when I am hanging out with a lot of my younger friends. They stay up late and (laughs) now I don't, I don't drink much any, I don't drink it. If, unless I'm hanging out with somebody else, I don't drink. And if I do, you know, Benjamin Franklin said early to bed, early to wise makes a human healthy, wealthy and wise because you're not out spending money late. You're not around all the crazy people who are drinking And if you do drink, you're dragging yesterday into tomorrow and you can't perform because you've been drinking. Yep. And that, you know, how many times around the planet and the sun do you need to get to where you realize that alcohol is not good for you and you should not be drinking? That's the advice that I have that I'm trying to get over. And right now as a startup, you've got to mingle with people and you know, social drinking happens. I grew up that way, but I'm, that's the last one I'm, I'm really working on. Okay. Okay. I love that. I think that's really strong advice. And now this disciplined routines you have, have you've had this your whole life? Did you, how did you develop this? I'm fascinated by this because entrepreneurs have what's commonly known as squirrel syndrome, right? Shiny object. They see something and they're like, Oh, I'm going to do that. Oh, I need to be on this social media platform now. How did you get this discipline routine activated for you? 
there, well, when I worked at Home Depot, I had to be, I had to get up at 3.42 in the morning in order to get to work on time. And I just stuck with the same schedule so I wouldn't get off. And I knew I could use those hours to work out early in the morning. And I liked the schedule. And I kind of looked at a lot of different life coaches. They're, I read their books all the time. You stay motivated. You always want to hear what someone else is um, doing. And I kind of made a, you know, we're not a machine, but if you have a certain set of, I guess, startup, your boot process, and I take a marker and I write on the mirror, everything I need to do, 10 steps. And then I, once those 10 steps are done, I go and do my, my stuff and it's the same 10 steps. So if I get off track, I know where I need to jump back in to get right back on track. It's discipline. I've, I haven't had it all my life. And I realized that I had a problem when I started reading a lot of different books, rich dad, poor dad, big deal. Oh, big, yeah. big, the seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah. Um, there's mind hacking happiness, which was absolutely phenomenal. My life coach, the uh, Christine Rizzo, who owns the life coach Academy here. She has a great book. Another one of my great friends, Ashley Brundage has a book on empowerment. And she, well, I'm actually going on a cruise in September. Uh, we're sponsoring the Voyage of Empowerment. And it's, it's a conference on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship that leaves from New York and goes sails to Bermuda. So, it, well, that's a write-off because you're working all the time. Obviously. And it's, it's, a, great, it's a great way. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. That's such a smart idea. <laughs> that's where I met Kelly. And oh, that's right. That's right. right. You meet a lot of people that are into meditation. Meditation is, is extremely critical. You have five senses. When you shut your eyes down, you're cutting one of them off and you need to go inward in order to go upward. And you really focus on yourself. You do need to service, help others, but you got to help yourself first. You have to. I'm lucky that I know how to manage money real well. I haven't had a paycheck in a year and a month and I'm, I'm running a company and funding it. So I'm a little small person doing this. I've put it all on the line, all of it. Love it. Love it. That's what us entrepreneurs do. We pay our business before we pay ourselves. Don't worry. You'll get there. I absolutely have complete faith in that you will get there. So going back really quick to Fisk, when you were building it, I'm curious of like, were you building it from the perspective of the employee? Or from maybe from the perspective of the business owner, maybe the Home Depot, maybe the you know grocery store or the restaurant and saying, you can offer this to your employees. Which perspective were you kind of like, really like, we got to target these people? Or was it both? Both. There, <laughs> we, I have a tendency in sales and I had it when I was selling timeshare back before 9-11, overselling. And you talk past the, the, the clothes that they've already bought in and you continue to talk. So I have a very, very large vision for the for Fisk. My co-founder, on the other hand, is micro. I'm macro. We balance each other off. She has the legal side. I have the financial side. Um, she's a millennial and millennials are incredible. The, the ones that I've met, are they work at a rate that scares me. They are so fast at what they do because they were handed, you know, we grew, I grew up on watching TV. They grew up with a tablet in their hand. It was instant, instant, instant. And, you know, helping that speed going into looking at the application, does it help customers or does it help a employee? I am all about helping the customer. 
or in my, my clients, because if you make mm-hmm. sure that you take care of the clients, everything behind you will fall in place and the, and the investors will be happy. If you go out looking for money and money only, something bad's going to happen. You got to take care of your customers and you know, they're not always right. A majority of the time they are, but you've got to take care of them. I love that. I love that. Now, as you're growing, you know, and you're building, you said you're doing this for a year. You're probably oh, now two. almost two. You're so you did your friends and family round, and right now you're you're starting to pitch VCs and investors and funders. How how is tell me about that process? Tell me because a lot of people listening are also at the point where they're like just making their deck and they really don't know what to do next. Tell me about your journey there. We have made multiple decks. It gets altered quite a bit. I, you have to have different pitches for different people. It all depends on who I'm talking to. The pitch deck is, I don't use it that much. We send it off to people. I like talking face-to-face and seeing who those people are. But we raised over $300,000 in our friends and family round. And we have entered our angel round, uh, raising 500 and there is 400 left. Um, wow. it's, I, I was explaining to uh, you that I ran from, uh, ran from the auditorium to my truck to get over here on time, uh, from a VC fast pitch. But the problem I'm running into is most of the guys want to do business with guys. 2% of the venture capital goes to women. And of that, it's even smaller for transgender women because They've never met one of us. And what has been painted on the TV is wrong at times. Uh, I don't ever push rainbows. That's not me. I always want to talk about business and finance. And it's interesting. I can, everything that a woman goes through, I now go through, but I did not before. And Mm -hmm. I can tell when a guy is blowing me off because he doesn't want to talk to me. And I'm like, oh, yes, it's they are looking at skin deep, not deep inside of a human being. And most humans, that's what we do. And it's and it's sad that we are programmed that way. Yeah. And they have their preconceived bias and and ideas already before you've even walked in the room just by seeing Jessica Dawson. I guarantee that they have already made an opinion about you. And now they're they're kind of create another opinion based on their bias and everything. And in the state of Florida, it doesn't help because uh, it's nonstop. Oh, these people are bad, bad, bad. And I'm like, you know, I paid my taxes all my life. I never went out and did anything to anybody else. And now the state of Florida is trying to punish me for something. I go to church. What are you know? I do all yeah. the things that you're supposed to do. You vote. You pay your taxes. You're good to your neighbor. I'm sure. And you're creating jobs. <laughs> well, I go down and volunteer at Christian services. And sometimes when I go down there, um, I was down there on Christmas Day uh, with a different church came in to run the facility. And it was fascinating. He, he was he was kind of caught off guard that a person from the LGBT would be down there helping. And I'm like, look, I care about human beings. It's yeah. it's about caring. And that's that's it's fascinating being on the other side of the coin uh, in the old days to being on this side of coin. I see a lot more love on this side and that's where it's a different vibration. It's a higher vibration on this side. And I don't like Which you're, you're clearly, you know, working at a much higher level of vibration, even, you know, and you've got to find your same minded people. 
you're also creating an experience for you know a population of people who never probably saw themselves as investors never right. probably you know they probably come from a family of you know my grandmother waited tables my mother waited tables so my first job was oh i'm going to wait tables nobody's ever talked to me about saving money so you're right. you're changing the economy for this group of people it's fascinating to think if when someone gets the app set up it's it's a little bit you know until we get the a partnership with a few larger firms and our app sends it right over to theirs and you set your investment account up and then it shoots you back to ours. Until that happens, you have to go and get the application and link it up. But when I'm actually tipping somebody, I don't care if it's at 5%, 50% or 95%, I'm actually altering that person's future, which is fascinating to think about. And if I help that person and alter their future, I'm altering the country's future because now the government would not have to take care of those people. So that's creating that financial safety net. I'm an independent and I know my friends on the left would love that. Mm -hmm. But that also means that my friends on the right, taxes would technically should come down because the government's not paying for it. I'm much more efficient than the government. (laughs) And it's fascinating that my application helps non-users. Wow, that's a really good point that it can affect not only the the users of the app, but our global economy and where we stand in it. Yeah, so that means legislation might be coming down the pipeline. (laughs) If you're really going to make that big of an impact, you're going to want to make an impact. Everybody, you know, you try to make the planet a better place. I don't have kids. I'm not going to tell anybody how to raise their kids. It's not my job to tell them. I just want to make sure that all the kids in the future have a better financial opportunity because the government is very inefficient. They are pulling money from the future and dumping it on all of the future generations. My application shoves money into the future. There has to be some type of balance. And I believe it is mathematically possible to do that. And that's what I work on every day. That's what I think about. I don't have my, my partner passed away almost three years ago. And so sorry. Thank you. But that's all I think about. I think about what's in the future. How are we going to be living in the future? What's the economy of the future? Because with AI, and if it takes a lot of jobs, well, what are we going to be doing for our economy? How does that work? And that's where my mind is constantly. And I think Fisk is a an attempt, my attempt to try to create something that we could all benefit from, give everybody a, a positive attitude about the future instead of Oh, it's uh, it's negative, negative, negative. The news is right. always, but they have to. There's so many different channels now. They have to dramatic, make everything dramatic in order to pull people in, and mm-hmm. people are addicted to the 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 sensation of watching the news and watching all of that stuff. I'm not. It's it's fascinating. I don't watch TV in, anymore. So it's yeah. I, I, I sacrificed a lot of stuff for um, this application. And I have learned that if you turn off the TV, you have a lot more time on your hands to do anything you want to do. You're not watching somebody else's life on TV. You start living your life. And it's fascinating. Well, and it's, you know, if you if we go back, you know, when television was starting, I mean, in the 60s, our parents would watch something and they see it you know, Kennedy gets shot or Martin Luther King gets, all of this happened on TV. And so I feel like they just never turned it off since then because it just gets more and more sensationalized. And, and we, you just got to keep leveling it up higher and higher because we're 
viewers are looking for that dopamine hit. They're looking for that, like, what's yes. next? What's next? And it, it then feels- with the onset of social media, it's like, well, here's now people watching TV while scrolling on their phone through Instagram at the exact same time. It's it's amazing. My mom is in assisted living because she had a stroke last year and she does sit there and watch Fox News. It's the same thing that my grandmother did. And I'm like, why are you watching this on your on your last days of the planet? How many, I don't know how many she has left on something you have no control over that is agitating you. Right. I would want to watch something different that would make me feel good about the planet and try, you know, to, to see something different. And I have a different application that is the reason why the 55th degree was started. I don't talk about that application because it got shelved when we started Fisk. Gotcha. But I do want to talk about the 55th degree because you mentioned numerology. Yeah. You mentioned your your love of math and geometry, which I'm wrapping my head around because I hated geometry, but I liked algebra. Tell us a little bit more about that connection, how the 55th degree, your your kind of relationship with numbers and numerology. Because uh, to me, this was very fascinating when we talked about it when we met. The craziest thing that I remember, and I, I'm going to tell you how the number 55 came to me. My brother was two years older than me. My dad always bought us the same thing so we wouldn't argue. Uh, but this time when he <laughs> turned 16, I was 14. And he was looking at cars and my dad knew how cool you could be if you had a car and brought my brother a 1957 Chevrolet. The gentleman gave us a stack of classic Chevy Club magazines and I fell in love with the red 1955 and I told my dad about it and I had knew everything that I wanted to have in that car so I could outdo my brother and be as cool as he was. And it's very strange that five months before my birthday, my dad was in Fort Pierce, Florida, where, because he was in the citrus business in the middle of the groves. And what pops up but a red 1955 Chevrolet, exactly like I wanted. And now that I look back and I'm like, ooh, did I manifest that? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I started realizing that you, that certain numbers and things, and I study a lot of, you know, everybody's got their conspiracy theories about math, and, and I found the law of fives. And the law of fives is fascinating. Some people don't understand it, but it allow, the law of five states that everything happens in multiples of five is divisible by five, but therefore is indirectly or directly related to the number five. And I will go on in a presentation because some people really ask me what the law of fives is. And it's, you have this five to balance off this five, and you have the five down below you have to balance off the other five. You have five appendages, you have five senses. All of a sudden you go, well, what happens uh, when a politician gets in trouble? They plead the yeah. And then, <laughs> they do. And it's crazy. This number is everywhere. And then I found their Fibonacci sequence. Number five is the fifth number on that sequence. Now you can Google that, that and find out all about it. It's a mathematical um, thing that I play with because I can take any string of numbers and you can add, multiply, and get it down to go to five. And it's fun to do for me when I'm driving around the car. But there was nothing on the 55th degree. But it is on the Fibonacci sequence, which is fascinating because it's the 10th number. What five plus five is 10. And technically, that's 55. There's 55 down below. And mm-hmm. you have five appendages. So when you are in a relationship, you are a five-pointed star standing next to another five-pointed star. It's a mathematically repeating number. Rosa Parks stood up on that bus and back in 1955 
Remember James Dean? Yes. He wrecked his Porsche in 1955 in a Porsche 550, which is bizarre. That is and bizarre. Look at Marty McFly. What year did he go back to? 1955. Yeah, he went back to 55. So it's a repeating number everywhere. I love the number. And that's the reason why I came up with my logo, because I asked people, what's the midpoint between one and 10? And they would go, oh, five. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I see five there and I see five here. If that's five, that's not midpoint. It's 5.5. Split. It's balance. Everything has to be balanced. And there's a midpoint of everything. And that's where being a massage therapist, a Qigong instructor, a life coach, and everything is about breath work and math. And that's how we're going to relate to people that are out of this universe, interdimensional travel and things like that, that I'm fascinated with. I listen to all I these people. This. Everybody does not know what, how our reality is. Most people are looking backwards in time uh, that when I talked to Jen Rafferty, you've had on your show, oh, um, yeah. I called her up. And after I got her linked up with my friends in Orlando, she showed me a video and it talked about how the left-hand side of the brain looks backwards in time. It's logic side. And there's not a, and the reason why I think a lot of people are uh, nervous about transgender people, because there's nothing in history about us. Well, technology, we didn't have what we have now to be able to do this. Right. The right-hand side is the creative side. And well, to be like the creator, you have to have your, your right-hand side of the brain working. And if you balance them both, that's a, they're intertwined energy all the way up. And that's what I try to stay balanced. I meditate as much as possible, but I love creating and math and love this that. application is, I'm amazed about how we came up with the idea and what the application can do. Um, there's, I list my investors tell me, oh, you could use it this way. And then you could use it yeah. this way. And I'm like, it's a very versatile application. It, we need downloads. The venture capitalists that I do talk to that are interested and they, we want to see downloads. The sure. application isn't finalized. We are in the process. I'm, I'm one of those people that I need to know that the money processor that we're going to work with is going to be the benefit the customer the most and also my team and my investors. So we're coming up here and we're going to be making a choice of which one we're going to go with. And there might be a U.S. version of the app and an international version of the app. Nice. It's, it's, cap it's possible, but it's got, it will be completed. We're estimating in October, it will be done for the full launch, but people can download the app if they go to fistmobile.tech. That's F-I-S-K mobile.tech. We'll put it in the show notes as well. We'll put the link and everything to everybody should listening to this should be downloading the app in support of a small business and entrepreneur and a game changer. That's really what you've yes. done here, Jessica. You, you are about to, you're on the cusp of big change. Yes, on the um, edge of greatness really, really, truly are. It's really, and I, I, I looked, but there's nothing else like this because I looked before our call. I was like, let me see if there's a competitor. And unless you know of any, I couldn't find anything like this out there. You know, a, a venture capitalist, somebody's like, who's your competitor in your space? And I'm like, well, we're similar to this company. Like if you wanted to say, you know what Acorns is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you round up from spending on your credit card when you attach it to the application and it rounds up. But if you were going to put $100 into Acorns, it would take you 
a lot of swipes. That's a lot of spending money in order to get that $100 in there. But if a young person who knew that they were going to have a great tipping day, this is a, a place that, that tipped really well, they could slide to scale up that particular day and take a large volume of money in one or two tables and, and completely cover what they needed to cover for the month. I, I was wow. a 25 year vet. And before I, I bumped my 401k back down to 5% because I had it maxed out almost. And I think I was putting $86 into the 401k before the company match. You know, you get one good table with one big, one or two big tippers. You just mm-hmm. covered a two weeks. What I was putting in after working at Home Depot for 25 years. Yeah. And it's, it's impressive. Like on steroids. And they were valued at $8.5 billion at the beginning of last year. Acorns was. Yes. At least that's what um, I had, you know, the research that someone else had did for me and told me that. I didn't even find them. I've heard of them, but I've never, they don't come up for, that's not very popular in California. I'll just say that. Well, I love this, Jessica. We could talk about this forever. I want people to know how to find you first. Give us the website, download the app again and how people can find you and learn more about 55th Degree. Right, it's fiskmobile.tech. So it's F-I-S-K mobile.tech. And 55th Degree, if you go on to 50, that's number 55thdegree.com, you will see our that page. We are paying more attention to the landing page of the application than we pay. We're a small team. We, yeah. We're going to be scaling up here very soon. And things will start to speed up. It's, it, you know, you got to pour gasoline on the fire. And we're looking forward to that happening in our documentary. Yes. Oh, give a quick, give us a little tease about the documentary. We forgot to mention that. Yeah. Yes. Before we wrap so, up, I want to hear about that. Two weeks ago, I flew to New York in order to meet a friend of mine that I actually met on the Voyage of Empowerment last year, who I took with me to the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. And she was filming and doing commercials. And well, if you're going to do something, you might as well have a professional. And she said that she had done a documentary on Sylvester Stallone or he was in it. And she agreed to make a documentary for Nicole and I on how two transgender women have created a mobile application and the things that we had to overcome. Because there's a lot more that uh, in the story than what we're telling and we want to we want to we're going to have interviews with a lot of our investors and with some other people you know some of the younger people we just run into mm-hmm. it's fascinating everybody loves the application because it's the first lgbt peer to peer payment platform that actually does something and yeah. all my as far as i've seen everybody wants to assist me on this journey because we we stick together we're like a one big family and mm-hmm. yes it's it's going to be a, it's a fun ride it's been fun so far. It has been nerve wracking, blood, sweat, tears. I have cried tears of pain and tears of joy. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, I'm looking. We've all been there. <laughs> yes. I love this. So I love that there's going to be a documentary showcasing this journey because it'll be a great, not only as a companion to the, the app, but also as an educational tool um, for anyone who's up and coming speaking VC, that's part of the LGBTQ plus community. I think it's very, very powerful. Um, I love all of this, Jessica, this is incredible. Congratulations. I have no doubt you're going to get your funding and I have no doubt this film's going to make a huge impact. So you're making it on both ends right now in LA. I don't know if you heard, there's a writer's strike and a, and an actor's strike. 
So it's a perfect time to do a documentary. <laughs> well, it's, you know, everybody, everybody on the planet can, if we come together and work together and collaborate, we can advance our society so far so fast, it would be crazy. Instead of the, the, the ways that we've done it for hundreds of, of years is the competition. And I want to be better than you in pushing people back down to keep them back down. And if we all work together, we can make the, this place awesome. You're absolutely right. Where I think we've come from hundreds and thousands of years of scarcity. You know, like there's only one, you know, nut for all the squirrels. Well, there's not. There's a whole nother tree over there. So if right. we come from there's, a place of abundance, there's plenty of us out here. There's plenty, plenty of, of money, money out there. You can see how much money they're injecting into the economy, which makes my skin crawl sometimes knowing economics. Mm -hmm. um, but there's plenty of money out there. And if, if we need to, the, everybody does complain about the 1%. Those people know finance. That's how they got to where they are. Everybody who has money knows finance. The problem is there's not enough people know finance. And if I can help teach some of these people finance by using my application, then I succeeded and I altered some people's lives. And their next generation, yes. not just their lives, the lives of their children and their children's children. Wow. Thank you, Jessica. Now, before we wrap, we have to get carried away. I have to know something that uh, you can't stand. That you mentioned television that people get absolutely obsessed about. I'll give you an example. I don't like matcha tea. Matcha tea tastes like lawn clippings to me. But people here in LA love matcha. I don't know how it is in Florida, but oh, I can't stand it. What about you? So I grew up in the South. Football is a religion. There's no ice down here. So I don't pay attention to hockey. And I know <laughs> that my friends lost uh, in Tampa. I guess a few days ago, I didn't, I don't yeah. pay attention to it anymore. So yes, they get carried away with sports that I don't pay attention to. <laughs> Soccer is interesting, but their score, it's always a low score. I, do, I like sports. I'm never going to say I'm not a sports fan. I'm, I just, people get carried away with hockey and it's not as big a deal to someone in the South because it's so hot down here. Makes sense. I didn't even know they had a hockey team in Florida. <laughs> in Tampa, yes. Yeah. And they're very good. <laughs> Well, that, that I've never had anyone say that before, but that, that makes total sense. We don't, are, you know, West Coast, we're not good at football. We're, we're good That's at baseball. USC <laughs> was a powerhouse oh, yeah. in the day. That's right. Um, I forgot about it, USC. It, it goes back and forth depending on who the coach is. But the problem being is everybody wants everything so instant. If the coach doesn't turn the team around in one season, they want to fire him. And I'm like, look, he's got the same players your last coach had. And that's the reason why, you know, he wasn't able to get through to the kids. The different generations now, you've got to get on their same, their same wavelength and then teach them how to create good habits. One of them is financial habits. And that's, that's the problem our country has is the habits and the discipline that if you don't have them, then you're going to have a problem. And it, in California, I, didn't y'all spend a lot of money on the homeless people? That Not yet. <laughs> we voted on it. Do, but <laughs> Who's going to pay for that? The taxpayer. And if y'all pay for it, the government has to take give y'all money, then who pays for it over here? We do. And I think it's, it's, it's interesting there's, I could talk about different phases of Fisk and I'm not going to. <laughs> we'll have to wait for the documentary. Yes. Save something for the documentary. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jessica. Again, everyone, 
download the app and reach out and to anyone you know who's in this type of tipping economy and tell them to get the app on their phone. Just get it ready. Queued up for once it goes live. It will can't go wait to live you. in like five months. It's not 100% complete. So you will get to a point where it says, put your payment URL in there. You can, if you want to, uh, some of them, the other peer-to-peer -peer payment platforms link, you could drop into our app and we would sit in front of that app. But we just need the downloads and to so we can show prove to the venture capitalists that we have. Yeah, they need to see data. They always do. All right. Thank you so much, Jessica, for getting carried away. Again, if you are watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, follow all the things Broad Network and this tech. Let's keep it posted. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Bye.